When you at your lowest point, yeah. you like, okay, I got to do something. So I'm sitting Especially when you're alone, you got time in your hands. Yeah, it's <laughs> just the worst. It's like you working, like you can't even really think of somebody, somebody, right. somebody coming up to you at your desk or messing with you or right. people telling you to get your stuff done. But when you, when you just got you, it's just me. Welcome back. My name is Lamar Tyler, and I'm the host of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. If you are a black entrepreneur looking for ways to build your business, to build wealth, you're in the right spot. And today is a special show, part one of two, where we're going to break down some of our favorite moments from the first 40 episodes of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. The first one I want to start with is probably the best interview I've ever seen. And guess what? I was a part of it. But check this out. It was what one of my homegirls, one of my favorite clients, Cassandra Smith. She is the founder of Blanks Galore and the Cassandra Smith Agency. And on episode 13, she told us her story of going from homelessness to building a multiple seven-figure business in just two years during the pandemic. If you missed this episode, I want to tell you, you're in for a treat. Let's cut to just a few moments. And as you watch this, I want you to remember one thing. Where you start from does not always determine where you have to finish. Check this out. I love the fact that um, you slowed down for a second and thought about, like, hey, what am I doing? But at the same time, it sounded like you was in a low point. I was. Mm. Very low. And you talked about you had a son and a daughter. Yes, well, at this time, I had my son. It was just my son with me at the time. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, I can't pay these bills. I can't go back to work. We about to get evicted. What I'm going to do. And I just was like, what? I'm sitting at home thinking, okay. Because, you know, that's when you start. When you're at your lowest point, yeah. you're like, okay, I got to do something. So I'm sitting Especially when you're alone, you got time in your hands. Yeah. It's, like, <laughs> it's just the worst. It's like you working. Like, you can't even really think of somebody. Somebody, right. somebody coming up to you at your desk or messing with you or right. people telling you to get your stuff done. But when you, when you just got you. It's just me. And I'm at home. Like, what am I going to do? So I started thinking, okay, the items that I use to make my custom items what if I bought them wholesale and sold them to the craft community? Because I'm selling the t-shirts, but it's other crafters like me that need these blank t-shirts too. So I started wholesaling those items and business took off a little bit, but not a lot. So um, I still ended up getting evicted. So we moved into a hotel. I moved those blanks inside of a storage unit. So I'm, I'm making custom items from the hotel during the day, packing the blanks in the storage unit during the um, evening time. But when I went to the storage unit one day, because I'm still thinking about quitting, like just nothing is not moving fast enough for me. Yeah. But I went to the storage unit and I seen a lady, a baby and her husband stand in the storage unit right next to the, the unit I'm working out of. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling myself, like, that could easily be me. Like, and they were living in it. They were living like, in it. Like they ain't they, working. They were, they were comfortable. Living. Yes. Like they was eating in there. Like it was they... That was they like it was sad, and I was just sitting here thinking like I'm complaining because I'm in a hotel, but at least I got like a bed to lay in. Yeah. So I just like I got to do something. I got to do something. So I went back to my hotel. I turned on my camera. I didn't even know how to go live then, but I'm like, <laughs> yo, what's up, y'all? I'm just crafting, you know. I'm showing them my heat press in the hotel room. I'm what y'all doing? And then people started asking like, well, can you show us how to do this next? I'm like, oh, they want to see me going live more. So every day I'm going live now. This is how you do this. This is how you do that. And now it got to the point where I'm like, well, if this many people tuning in, because it, it went from 10 people, 50 people, not hundreds on my live because I'm teaching mm. free classes. I'm like, imagine if I started a paid course program, like, would they want to do that? 
But I did the free lives for like a whole year straight. Like, mm. no, not even trying to make any money. And what, what year was this when you this started this? This was 2020. So this is like, this is like last year. I mean, it ain't last year, but it's like right around the corner. This yes. Like, this is not like 10, 15, 20 years ago. Yes. This, this is like two years ago. Yes. Wow. Okay. 2020, I'm doing the lives. And then I was like, hey, y'all, I'm going to start a paid course program. Who would all like to join? At this point, I done gave away so many free classes. They knew her paid class is going to be bomb. So and they probably your tribe. They probably they rock with you. Then, yes. You know their names. They yep. know you. Yep. Now, at the time, did they know that you were doing this from a hotel room? Did no. They, did they know your backstory? No, because I was ashamed to tell them. So I would put a, I had a BG backdrop behind me. So anytime I went live, I would put the backdrop up. And all they and seen, BG's blanks galore. Yeah, right. blanks galore. Yeah. So all they seen was the blanks galore logo in the back. Wow. They did not know I was in a hotel until one day I did go live and I made a mistake in the. The backdrop um slipped a little bit, so you can see <laughs> you can see like the hotel bed in the back and the table. Yeah. But they wasn't even paying attention at okay. the time. They just like, look, she's showing us how to do something. When that slipped in the background, was you like, oh, it is what it is, or were you I like mortified? Like, like, oh, my I cut God. the live. <laughs> I cut the live. Like, oh my God, what are they gonna think of me now? Like. Oh my God, like they gonna think I'm poor. She getting on live. Like I used to get on live dressed to impress like this. So mm -hmm. you would never think yeah. I was going through what I was going through. So I was like, what if they seen that bed? They gonna think I'm, you know, somebody I'm not. So I, I cut the line. They were like, coach, where you go? Like, <laughs> technical issues. Yeah, right. It was done. It was done. <laughs> Did you like what you just heard? Well, let me tell you about this real quick. We wanna expose you to something that's amazing, and that is the TSP Mastermind. If you are a business owner that's trying to reach your next six, seven, or eight figures in business, and you're looking for a community of like-minded, purpose-driven, and ethical entrepreneurs, then guess what? You're in the right spot. We have a 12-month program with one-on-one -on -one coaching, accountability, trainings, events, and more in order to help you reach the next level in your business. For more information, visit www.trafficsalesandprofit.com. <laughs> so wow, so 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 this is so good. So it's because even in your story, it's so many nuggets. Yeah, it's so many like lessons about not giving up, yeah. about facing adversity, about having your back up against the wall, about gratitude. Right? Like, hey, I see somebody. I'm in a bad spot, but I see somebody doing worse. Yes, and that could easily be me. So let me like you know take advantage of what I have, yeah. and just just I just want to commend you just for doing it. Like a lot of people would have been in that hotel room, balled up in the fetal position. Oh, I was. But, but not doing the work part. Oh yeah. I mean, you did that, but you know, you got up and was like, all right, let me cut this live on. Cause I got to do what I got to do. Yeah. And having, having that peace. So like I said, it's, it's like you went through all the things and all the emotions it sound like, but you still showed up for yeah. yourself and for, you know, your son to be like, hey, we, I got to get us out of this situation. And that's what it was for me. My son, I kept mm -hmm. looking though, cause you know, we had a double bed. So I would look at her over there with him, and it's like, dang, he and his, we in this nasty hotel. I mean, it was just, I don't know if you know about efficiencies, but they are mm -hmm. not the best. So I'm just looking at him like, he do not deserve this. Like, because of my mistakes, because I quit my job, I couldn't afford to stay where I'm at. Why is he going through this because of me? And I asked, I said, Nari, do you want to go stay with your auntie until I get straight? He was like, no, nope, I'm going to stay right here with you. Right with you. Yep, we're going to do it together. And that's when I knew, like, if nobody else believes me, this boy believes me, and I got to do it for him. So I was just about to ask, just perfect segue. I was about to ask you, at the time, what other people, did other people know what you were going through? What did they say? 
was it like, girl, you's crazy? What were you thinking? Or was it like, hey, we got you, we're gonna support you? Like family, friends, like, or was you like, you hid it all from them? Like, what was that? No, I told a couple people. I even got to the point where I was like, yo, I told someone like, can we just sleep on your floor? Like, you know, mm -hmm. we just don't want to stay in this hotel. And it's 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 expensive staying in hotels. So yeah. I'm like, can we just sleep on your floor? And they was like, well, no, cause my kids got to play on the. It was like, mm. wow, what did I do to you? I can't even sleep on your floor. Okay, well, can you just let my son? They didn't even want to stand there. So it was just like, I felt like I had nobody. Like, it was nobody else's problem. I put myself in this situation. Yeah. I can't be mad at the world. I was, but I was like, I was the one that put myself in this situation. So I got to deal with this. But yeah, I had a few people that was like, no. Well, let me ask my husband first and see if you can stay. Huh? Like, we have nowhere to go, but y'all don't care. Okay, cool. Okay, so... You go from doing the lives for roughly about a year or so. Um, so now we're in 2021. And you say, hey, I'm going to launch courses. Yes. And because, um, of course, they were the first thing you sold to people other than just the sublimated shirts and things like that. Right. It was the blanks and then it was the courses. Yeah. Okay. So tell me what happened when you launched the courses. Uh, we had did like a live like a live lunch, just saying, hey, everybody that's on this live right now, we're going to give you out to midnight to join. And we was only accepting like 100 people. We, we got that. We hit that number in probably like, I'd say about a good hour. And we mm -hmm. shut it down after 100 signups because we just wanted to see like how soon would people join. And they joined, 100 people joined within an hour and we shut it down. And it was just, it, it went good from there. Mm. So what's your mind like at this point? I'm still blown. Because I would imagine you'd be nervous leading up to it because you're like, hey, at this point, had you already gotten out of the hotel or are you still in the hotel? Um, No, I was out of the hotel. Okay, so you're out of the hotel. But you kind of transition to a new thing with with the with the launch. Yeah. Um. It goes well. When it goes well, are you reflecting on that thousand dollar week? Like, <laughs> hey, I can't. I don't trust it. Or are you like, nah, I know I turned the corner. Like, like, where, where are you at mentally at that point? Oh, I was just still scared because I don't see how when you can yeah. get to this point and then you make a quick decision based off of what you you know the thousand dollar week. Yeah, the money's coming in now, but I can easily lose it. Like in the back of my head, that's how I'm thinking. Like, okay, they paying now, but. What if something happened? Like, I'm always a what if, like, thinking the worst case scenario. I was just about to ask you, does that still impact you, you think? Yeah, it does. Even now, at the level of success you have, it's like in the back of your mind, like, hey, this could come. Yeah, and this could I go. still, but but now I think I prepare for it better. Yeah. So I don't, like, before when I made that first $1,000, I started balling out. Now it's like, <laughs> I hold my coins so tight, you can't even borrow $5. Like, I just never know. You just never know. So I don't. Wow. Now, I told you that was going to be good. If you're not inspired by the story of Cassandra Smith, I don't know what it will take to move you. Now, check this out. I want to take you to another one of my favorite episodes. Episode number six, I sat down with a good friend of mine, Neo, Nehemiah Davis. And we talked about how you have to have a mindset that either it's going to work or it's going to work, right? There is no in-between. And one of the things that also made this my favorite, we forgot the cameras were rolling and we literally gave up $100,000 worth of game in this episode, trading strategies back and forth, just like we do anytime we meet in a different city at a different mastermind or at a different event. Check this out. You get to be a fly on the wall in one of our favorite conversations, trading nuggets, trading bars on how to make more money in business. When did you figure out mm -hmm. that mentorship, masterminds, or whatever it was, was the key to accelerate your growth? Mm, that's a good question. So when did I figure it out? I figured it out. Because I'll say this, I'll say this too, while you think about it. Yeah. I feel like you, as a younger guy, picked that up 
much faster than a lot of people. Yeah. Because a lot of times you probably go, you probably one of the younger, you probably one of the younger people in the room, unless you brought other people into the room with you. Um, So I love that. Um, Because like I said, a whole lot of people don't don't catch on to, especially in our community. So many times, me and Ronnie, we found this information. We were trying to pull people into the rooms with us, the conferences, to intensive, to coaching, whatever, and they wouldn't come. So like the the Foundation TSP is, we said at some point we got to take the information and bring it back to our community because the community ain't coming. But you know, as as a young guy, like when did you say, hey, you know what? Was it somebody to introduce you to it? Was it somebody you found online? Yeah. Was it yeah. just like a mindset shift? What, what was it? Man, that's a that's really a good question. I, I think I'm gonna have to really dig deep and try to pinpoint when was the first time. But I know I picked up Think and Grow Rich. I picked mm. up Seven Habits of Highly Effective People in my journey when I started 15 years ago in this entrepreneur world. And I just start learning from those. I start changing my mindset to only think about actually the things that I want. And then I want to say I went to ClickFunnels. So I went to ClickFunnels maybe five years ago. This when I got first in the digital marketing, five, six years ago, whenever it was just digital marketing. And I'm like, wow, this, this is good. But what, what I learned is every event I go to, I make more money after I leave the event. I'm talking about every event I go to, I make a connection that I'll know you for the rest of my life now. I'll be able to reach out to you if, if, if like, I, could, I reached out to you the other day. You, you provide right. a resource for me. You can reach out to me, however, but that's invaluable to me. Like, we're at Mastermind's 55,000, but that one relationship is invaluable. That has nothing to even do with they're teaching me. That's just a relationship. So for me, when I got, I got bit by the bug and I just been going to event after event. I look at me going to events as kind of like, I don't, sometimes I don't believe one person could give me everything that I need. Mm. So mm. I like to go to, I got a, a relationship coach. I got a speaking coach. I got a, a marketing coach. I believe you need to have a coach in every area of your life. So I look at these events as mini coaches. I go to this event. I learned this one thing from here. I went to this event. I learned this one thing from here. I went to this event. I didn't learn anything, but while I was in the car driving, last time we was at a mastermind, I learned something from you and Donnie in a car. And if I never Man, went in that room. I was room, telling somebody about that car conversation yeah. yesterday. Actually, you know, we had a team meeting. I was telling yeah. the team, I was like, look, in this Uber ride. I was like, don't worry about it. But I, was in, I was in Uber and this yeah. is something I learned for the next event. Yeah, and and if 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 I didn't even go inside of the mastermind, I learned something from you and Donnie that would generate millions of dollars mm-hmm. annually for the next several years, or however long we do on this, which is forever, right? Yeah. So I saw this. I just got bit by the bug, and I feel like the number one hack is getting yourself in the room and staying in the room. Like I don't, it it shouldn't even. I know you got conferences coming up, right? It's, it shouldn't be an option. And a lot a lot of times with people, you make it an option if you should go. Like, right. I plan everything else around it. I wouldn't miss your conference. I wouldn't miss the mastermind. What's more important outside of your family than you making an extra six, seven, or eight figures? Right. So and, I don't miss them. And, and something you said is something I, I speak to a lot. I think people um, oftentimes are trying to weigh, because I know somebody listening saying, well, it's easy for y'all to say, because y'all make this amount, or you make this amount, you do yep. this amount. But when you don't do that amount, for one, it's even more important for you to be in that room. Facts. So you can be around people that expand your mindset yep. to mm-hmm. where it becomes normal to making yep. that amount, right? You get in the room. But the other thing is when I used to look at what I should go to, what programs I joined, whatever, I just look at it like, I don't need everything. I just need one thing. You just said yep. that one thing thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't mm-hmm. have to go to a conference 
in here a million things for a million speakers to get my money's worth. Yeah. I just need one thing. Yeah. Like one nugget. You know, I've been in, I've been I've been in a year long program where I'm just waiting. And that one thing I learned, like you said, it could be enough to make millions yep. and change the entire way we do business. Yep. And then the other thing besides the one way is when I look at investing, I just say, can I learn something from that program to give me a return on that investment? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which again, right? And like, it could be classes, it could be events, it could be a million different things, but I only have to get all of that. Yep. I'm like, if it's a, say it's a $50,000 investment, can I learn, I was looking and say, is this program gonna let me learn one thing to give me my 50 grand back? Yep. Because if I could get that 50 grand back, they didn't gave me something I can make 50 grand over and over. And I don't think most people realize that, they right? It's that. like, you know, it, it's like, all right, if I join Neil's program, if he got three events and I can't come to one, yep. <laughs> I yep. may not be getting my money's worth, but that's yep. not what a money's worth is. It's yep. like, literally, if you can make that investment back and you get that one skill, you can repeat it. You can rinse and repeat. I mean, do you see that? Do you run in that with Man, folks? I, I run in that a lot. And it's funny. It's two things. I, I look at it as two ways, right? I'll give so much value to somebody. I already know I have helped them get their money back. But sometimes I do know they just be one more and more. Like, they trying to, <laughs> I got you your money back and the extra right. 200. You trying to squeeze a million out of this. And then sometimes I see people might get upset. Like, 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 like you already not up. Remember, you want to apply this again next year. Did you also exactly. forget about the two best friends who you speak to every day on the phone that y'all making money together with? So that's one thing. But me, I got the same mindset as you. I go into events and different investments, and I'm not like I need my money back right away. Meaning, right. I look at things as if I make my money back in a year or two, right. I'm good. Like, I'm talking about making back. I ain't even talking exactly. about profit. Exactly. Exactly. I'm making money back. If because, I meet one person. Because if you if you just make it back, then you're there for free. That's what I'm saying. Forever. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I tell another, another hat, right? Why y'all need to join the mastermind, join Lamar Mastermind, join the mastermind, right? It's like my one of my hacks of joining masterminds is I join all of them, they're free. Not free, meaning I pay to get sure. it, but it's almost guaranteed that somebody in that mastermind is gonna join mine. Right. Because a buyer is a buyer right. is a buyer. Right. <laughs> Is a partnership in that mastermind. Right, that's gonna make you money somewhere. Yeah. There's a, a resource or a tool that this individual is gonna give me in that mastermind that's gonna make me money. Or another hack, and uh, another thing with the masterminds is just the, really the relationships. The relationships you can't really put put a price tag on them. Like I go in these rooms, I meet different people from. We was just together. We're doing a challenge with somebody in the room. Are done already. It's yeah. it's over with just for me showing up. And that's the other thing. People are looking for results, but they're unwilling to show up. Like mm-hmm. You expect Lamar's lifestyle and all the things he's doing, but you're not even willing to get on the airplane. You got all these excuses of why it won't work. I don't make no excuses when it comes to success. It's either, it it got to work or it got to work. So when, I, when people tell me they want a certain level of success, I look at what's your actions about. You can say it all you want. When the right. last time you've been on a plane to go to an event? When the last time you did something uncomfortable? How much you spent this year on your personal development, right? Are you getting in rooms? I know if you're serious or not, just by your actions. Wow, I told you that that episode was full of bars, right? Full of straight nuggets. Now, if you enjoyed that, I want you to do me a favor and tag both me and Neo on social and let us know what you thought about that episode. And then make sure you go back and check out the full episode as well, because that was only a portion, a snippet of what we actually shared. Next, I want to take you to a small piece of episode number nine. 
In episode number nine, I sat down with a good friend of mine, longtime client, Crystal Swain Bates. Now, the thing that's special about Crystal, Crystal has now sold over 600,000 books on Amazon. I want to repeat that. 600,000 books on Amazon. In this episode, we sat down and I forced Crystal to give me the goods. Like, tell me how you sell so many books. Tell me what are the things that authors are getting wrong. Tell me how we can make more money on Amazon. And check out what she told me in this short clip. I remember seeing one of your commercials. Uh, we were at a um, collaborative event in Vegas. And it was like during the NBA finals, I believe, or something. <laughs> and it's like, boom, there's there's Crystal. Like, we were in a restaurant and it's like, hey, it's right, like, that's Crystal Swain Bates. And you were on the screen, right, uh, uh, for Amazon. I remember like another time seeing commercials, because now you run, it's, it's two, three times? Ooh, different I, campaigns they've had you in? Honestly, I can't keep up. It's been several things. But several things. I remember several another things. time, like, you know, seeing you doing uh, presidential debates. Yeah, and I was there. <laughs> yeah, I was, my commercial ran during the debates. Um, I've spoken at Amazon's conference. It's their um, gender and diversity conference called AmazeCon. Um, I've been out to, flown out to Amazon several times to their headquarters. I've done um, Read to Kids Day. Like they have like a bring your kids to work day at Amazon. Yeah. Um, and I was able to, you know, read to the kids there. I was one of their featured authors. I've done some cool things. You know, one, one of the things that makes me think about Crystal is that so many times I feel like people chase all the accolades like that. They say, hey, you know, like, like I want to be, how can I be in one of these Amazon ads? Or how can I be in this? Or how can I go to headquarters? Or how can I be on, uh, get the speaking opportunity? But what I always say is, if you sell enough stuff, if you make enough money, like you will get the attention, no matter what, yep. if you do what you're supposed to do and the thing that you do, you will get all the attention that comes along with it. But I feel like too many people are trying to shortcut the process mm -hmm. and want the attention, which oftentimes... The attention doesn't even get you what you think it will. I remember so many times me and Ronnie would would do a big press hit or do a big campaign, and we think, hey, you know, everything, we'd have a little talk. Ronnie, <laughs> things are about to be different. Everything changes for me. And after that, with nothing, we'd be right back in the same situation. But what we could always lean back on was the fact that we had a business, was the fact that we had sales, and we didn't lose focus on the main thing. So I, yep. I love the fact that you built the business and all these things found you. Um, mm -hmm. Recently, you did a, a show with Shaq. Shaquille O'Neal. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so I'm on the show called Game Plan. It's okay. on TNT, um, episode two. So, yeah, Shaquille O'Neal was able to come to my house with Lisa Leslie um, and give me some great advice about my business. That was, I tell you, you got to keep your eye on your emails. <laughs> I was ser seriously, all these opportunities have come to me in email with somebody reaching out and saying, hey, we've seen you, you're doing this and that. You know, would you be interested in doing this? Mm. Amazing experience. Um, again, something that I never would have expected. Whatever happened to me, and I have Shaquille's phone number and Lisa Leslie. We text. I love it. You know, never would have expected anything like that to to happen. Um, that's why you have to publish. You know, because mm -hmm. when you publish, you do become. People don't realize that you become like a little celebrity. You know, in your own right, because. Most people want to publish a book. It's on most people's bucket list, but most people won't publish a book. That's good. Because it's work. So when you do it, a lot of people in your world have probably never met another author. So when they meet you, they're like, oh, wow, you're an author. It just gives you, it's, it's nice. I like the feeling. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, you've, done, you've done a TV shows, you've done all these different things, right? We talked about mistakes that authors 
should not make because this is what they do a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Now, let's talk about some of your process. So if they're starting out right now and they get started, what I've seen you do continuously is you do a great job of starting with the end in mind. What is what I always kind of talk about on, you know, the TSP side of, like I said, not just leading with your heart. And what was what was the term you used? It was it was uh, purpose driven or purpose. Mm -hmm. Instead of passion driven, <laughs> all these P's. Instead of passion driven publishing, okay, I talk about profit driven, -driven publishing. publishing. Okay, yeah. So with your profit driven publishing, instead of starting, you know, with my heart, and this is. You know, I got this book I want to just kind of get off my chest in the world. It needs to see it and know what's going on with me. I don't care if any, no one reads it. We're not doing that. No. We said we want everybody to read it, right? We want to get these, this money off the table. Mm -hmm. I call it, you know, we want to get our kids out the street. Uh, <laughs> money just running rampant out there in the street. We got to go collect it. So I like how you start with the end in mind. Because oftentimes, like you said, what I've seen you do consistently is say, all right, you know, there's already traffic out here. There are already people looking for these topics. Um, you know, what are the topics they look for? That's, is that how you begin most of the books or all well, the books? Well, yeah. Okay. So the thing I didn't mention is that, so I have books under my name, Crystal Swain Bates. Yeah. Those are my children's books. But then I have a whole bunch of other books under a whole bunch of pen names that I do not share. And so that's what I do with those books. I look and I see what are people really looking for right now? What kind of books do people really need? And then I create those books and then they sell. Okay. So <laughs> so once you do the research, or how do you do the, is like a certain method you do the research? Yeah. So I go on Amazon and it's a lot of just, you know, really it's a lot of just typing in, but you can literally go on Amazon. You can go to the search bar and I'll do something like set the category to books and then I'll type in books about, and then I'll type the letter A and a list. It's going to self-populate with some ideas. It might be books about animals because we're in the letter A books about Alzheimer's. It's going to give you a whole bunch of different stuff. That is populated with searches that people are actually searching, the top searches. So now I get to see, okay, this is what people are looking for. All right, let me put in the letter B, books about, I put in B, it's going to show books about baseball, books about boys, books about black girls. It's going to show me things. Yeah. And then I'm going to just do the research from there. You can do, um, take those keywords. You can go into Google um, Keyword Finder and figure out how many searches that's getting per month. There, and these are free things you can do. Exactly. There are some paid tools that you can use, but if you're just starting out, you can literally do these things for free. And that's how I start. I'll go right on Amazon. Amazon is the best research tool that you can use for something like this. I look and I see what books are already out there. Um, what's missing? How are these books selling? And if I see that those books are selling extremely well, all right, well, I guess we need another book about baseball, you know? <laughs> so I'll do it. I'll put it out there. And it's one of those things where you can't overthink it. Um, you need to be just good at executing. Just put it out there. Um, because the sooner you publish it, the sooner you can start making money. So as an example, this is how I discovered this process. So I had already published my other books and I was like, man, this is great. I'm enjoying this money. Yeah. Um, I'm able to travel. I have like added freedom. What else can I publish? Because now I've gotten really good at it. So I said, I'm about to publish some, just some coloring books. It was a few weeks before Halloween and I published a Halloween coloring book just for fun. Lamar, when I tell you <laughs> that book sold $5,000 worth. I'm talking about to me, my money. Wow. Yeah. I earned $5,000 within the first few weeks of that book being up. And that was when I said, okay. <laughs> He's just trying to get serious, okay. man. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, yeah, that's when I started publishing 
all types of books. I mean, coloring books and journals and workbooks, and I can do word searches and activity books. Things that you literally don't think about are the things that I'm able to publish. And uh, in 2020, I was able to sell so many of these books because people were actively searching. Um, people were at home. Mm -hmm. So many of th these books sold. I mean, can I tell you just one or two numbers? Yeah, please do. We love numbers here. All right. So I had a couple of $40,000 months just from Amazon book sales. Wow. A couple $50,000 months. Wow. In some 30s. And most people would, would imagine, they wouldn't even think that that was possible. Ev I didn't think it was possible. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think it was possible at that time until it happened. That's when I was like, you know what? If I had never had those books already just there, you know, they were making some money. They weren't making that much money. I think the most that those particular books had made was 16K per month. But once they really started taking off, and these were like toddler coloring books, things that people needed, right? Yeah. That's some good money to be making when you at home sitting around and you just wake up and you check your sales. That's exactly. some good money. Now, I told you Crystal would be good. You can't sell over 600,000 books on Amazon and not have some nuggets to share. And the way she broke it down, the way she made it so practical, I loved it. So make sure you go back and check out the whole thing. But last but not least, in this part one, a special look back at the first 40 episodes of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show, I want you to check out some of episode 12. In episode 12, I had TSP Collaborative member, one of, my, one of my favorite clients, Andy Henriquez, come. And he talked about how he made the transition from working a, a very high status corporate position, corporate job, jumping out into entrepreneurship too fast and almost losing every single thing, but being able to build back up even higher and further than he was before. On top of that, he breaks down how you can master storytelling. I don't care if you have a product or service-based business, you should be able to tell a story around your brand. In this episode, Andy tells you how to tell that story. He talks about the different types of stories you should be able to articulate and have for your brand. And he all broke it down in episode 12. I can't wait for you to watch it. Check this out. Andy Henriquez, the master storyteller. We oftentimes, we always think that like the distraction or the thing that's gonna hold us back it has to be something negative. So check this out. I agonized over making the decision to leave corporate America for about a year and a half. Finally, I built up the courage to write my letter of resignation. The head of HR, her name was Tammy Klein. And so I write this letter. I got it ready to submit. I walk into the office. That day, they had a list up of the new promotions. And that day, <laughs> my name was like number four on the list of basically being promoted to senior level in the company. And so right then and there, I got this letter, I'm looking at the list and I'm seeing I've been promoted. And now I'm playing this mental game with myself, hating on myself saying, well, dang, maybe you should stick around a little bit longer. Maybe it's a sign. Maybe it's a sign, <laughs> you know what I mean? Maybe I should go ahead and wait a little bit. Maybe I should get a little more experience under my belt. Maybe I should do something so I have a backup plan in case things don't necessarily work out, right? And so I literally almost talked myself back out of my dream in that moment, not because of something negative, but because of something positive. So for the people who are listening right now, oftentimes you believe that the distraction that you're gonna experience is gotta be something negative, 
But sometimes the thing that's going to distract you from your next level, from the thing that you're looking to make happen, is sometimes it's something positive. It's another opportunity. It's something that's actually good. And you got to be so clear on the thing that you want that you're willing to lean in anyway. So let me tell you, I looked at that list and I thought for a while, I was like, dang, should I still turn this thing in? And let me tell you something. I knew that I had to turn it in instantly because quite honestly, I was going to talk myself out of it. I was going to convince myself to stay like another two years, justify with, I'm going to make some more money. I'm going to save some more money. I'll have some more experience just in case, right? We good with that just in case. But, you know, one of the best things I did was in that moment was I submitted that paperwork to Tammy Klein and real talk, two things. I was afraid. Number two, I didn't have a game plan. You know what I mean? I mean, you have an event called TSP Game Plan, right? You know what I mean? You teach us how to make sure we have a game plan, right? Man, dude, I had no game plan. But what I did know was that if I didn't make that move and leave in that moment, chances are I was going to be just like those senior managers. Late night, we'd be at a client site. I was an auditor, so we'd be at a client site. Late night, they would always share the things that they wanted to do, that they intended to do. And I was always wondering, well, why aren't they doing it? And basically what they were doing each time was talking themselves into it and then talking themselves right back out of it, which is almost what I did, man. You know, that's interesting. As you were talking, it makes me think about sometimes comfort can be the enemy of entrepreneurship. Because like you said, like a lot of times, you know, we hear so many uh, hard knock stories. Of, yeah. You know, I got laid off. I got fired. I got this and that. And I was forced into entrepreneurship. Yeah. But sometimes some of the people that probably most likely be the greatest entrepreneurs never get there because they're living in a life of comfort where the salary is good, the opportunity is good, the lifestyle is good, the house is good, the cars, you know, yeah, all these yeah, other things, yeah, yeah. right? And don't make that risk because there is risk associated with entrepreneurship. 100%. And, and in that same vein, I was listening in to a conversation just like this. And there's two individuals, extremely successful entrepreneurs, extremely successful but they had two different backgrounds. One came from a life of middle-class, comfortable, and the other one basically came from nothing. And something came up in the conversation. Now I gotta do research to find out if it's true or not, but from my own personal experience, I believe that it's true. My mom came from the poorest country in the Western Hemisphere. She came from Haiti. However, my upbringing Lamar did not have struggle. My mom did the struggle. I didn't have the struggle. I grew up in the suburbs. I was a straight A student. I got a full scholarship to Florida State University. I graduated summa cum laude. I, I don't, I haven't experienced struggle the way my mom experienced struggle. But in that conversation, one of the things that they talked about was that the people who come from struggle, nothing, are the ones who are most likely to have an uber amount of success because they're running from something. Right. They're running from the pain. They're running from the struggle. They're running from, you know, that scarcity and the stuff that happened. But the ones that rarely get to that higher percentile, honestly, are the people with my background. They came from comfort, like what you're talking about. Yeah. So they're not really running from anything all day life. They've known comfort. And basically all they try to do is maintain comfort. And you and I both know trying to maintain comfort is not going to get you to where right. you need to be as an entrepreneur. So I'm in 100% like agreement with you that one of the things that I had to do 
was literally when you come from that comfort, it's the craziest thing, but you have to create disruption in your own life. Like everybody is running towards comfort. Everybody's trying to create comfort. When you're trying to break that mold, you actually have to find a way to take a comfortable life and make it uncomfortable. That's the only way that we get to step into this entrepreneurship. So when I was working at PricewaterhouseCoopers, that was a comfortable life. It was like corporate job, corporate benefits, you know, corporate card, corporate clients. My clients were like the Miami Heat, a company by the name of National Beverage, like these large companies. Is I'm your a- job still open? This is what they always say, right, Lamar? They're like, oh, you are working with the Heat. Sure, we got tickets every once in a while, but man, we were like down in the dungeon working <laughs> like a room or you whatever. Working, working, like working, 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 right? And then like, yeah, every once in a while, I, I maybe might ride the elevator once or twice with Pat Riley, who, who did say nothing. You know what I mean? He was in the elevator just looking forward. He don't say anything. And typically as an auditor, people aren't happy to see auditors. <laughs> true. You know what That's I mean? Because normally we're coming to examine stuff and see what's going on. So it sounded really, really prestigious. <laughs> and then we spent so much time in that arena. Lamar, for real, when we got the tickets, oftentimes I'd be like, hey, man, you want some tickets? Because <laughs> I've been at this arena all day long, locked up in this dungeon, going through all these documents. Like, I don't want to be here any longer. You know what I mean? So it's a classic example of like, man, it sounds good on the outside, but it was still work. We was working, brother. Now, we was working. Let me ask you. So, so you're doing a corporate thing. You finally get ready. Yeah. You know, promotion sitting there, everything, say, I'm going to move. What was the original move? And what was the, was it always, hey, I want to be a speaker, a storyteller and all those things? Because I know a lot of times people just look yeah. at the end results. So they, yeah. They'll say, hey, I've been following Andy for years. Yeah, man. You know, I've, I've joined some of the challenges. I've, yeah. I've maybe been to one of his programs. But oftentimes they don't realize, like, like what they're seeing is version 20, not version <laughs> one. Like, like, what was that original man, jump? Man, listen, man. Like, I tell you, I didn't have no game plan, man. Straight up. <laughs> oh, so I you literally didn't have a game. I, I literally, thought you meant like. Listen, Lamar, <laughs> there was no game plan. What I knew was at some point when we were talking about disrupting the comfort, remember we were talking about that? Right. I knew that I had to do something radical or else I was going to be just like those senior managers who were a couple years ahead of me who would late night on a client site talk about how they wanted to start their own business. They wanted to do this. They want, And what they were doing is they were holding the mirror up for me what my life was going to look like if I didn't do something radical. So when I left corporate America... My man, I wish I could tell you I had a game plan. I did not. As a matter of fact, as soon as I left, I had a family member come over to the house and he was telling me about, hey man, Andy, I know you just left your corporate job. You want to become an entrepreneur. Man, there's these opportunities in Costa Rica. That's going to be the next place where people are going to retire. We go buy this vacant lot. We go build these, these, these little cabin homes. The cabin homes going to cost us $7,000, but we go sell these lots for $21,000. We go own the real estate. We go sub. I got excited, man. I was green. I had some money that I saved up in corporate America. I got on a flight, went to Costa Rica, looked at everything he said, sounded good, right? Saw the lot we were supposed to buy. We bought the lot. I came back. I'm like, man, I'm about to be this rich real estate (laughs) mogul. You hear me? Every single week, this guy's giving me a call and he's giving me an update on how things are going. And then like a week goes by, I don't hear from the dude. Like, man, that's weird. So I'm like, ah, he's just busy. He can't give me an update every week. Two weeks go by. I still don't hear from him. Dang. Three weeks don't go by, Lamar. I still don't hear from At this point, 
I'm going to this back in the day, man, where you had to go to the gas station, get the calling card. I'm calling over Costa Rica. The dude's not picking up. A month and a half go by. I can't reach the dude. Finally, I call him. It's a Haitian dude. His name is Shushu. That's his name, right? So finally, I get Shushu. I'm like, Shushu, Shushu, what's up, man? I haven't heard from you. This is what he says. If you ever hear a Haitian person say this, it is bad news. Oh, boy, there, boy, there, boy, there, boy, there. <laughs> oh, boy, there, boy, there, boy, there, boy, there. Lamar, this is what happened, bro. He took the money that we were investing in this property and put it in a short-term investment that's supposed to make a quick return, and he lost all of it. When I was on the phone with him and find out that I had just left my job, not only did I leave my job, but I took all of my savings and I invested in this project in Costa Rica. And now I just learned that I lost all of it. I couldn't even say anything. All right, gang, that was just a piece, just a piece, just four. I mean, it was so hard to choose which episodes we would highlight. That's just four of our top episodes from the first 40 episodes of the Traffic Sales and Profit Show. Now, what I wanna share is that we've got more great episodes. And what if I told you the episodes coming up are even better? We've been in the lab, we've been in the studio, and we've been interviewing some of the best and brightest in the black community that are ready to not only come and share their stories, but come and share specific strategies that you can use to hit the next level as it relates to your business, as it relates to your bank account, sometimes even as it relates to your boo, right? We might even have a couple more relationship conversations here. But it all starts with you making sure that you lock in and you join us every single week we release new episodes. Also, if you are not already, I want you to make sure you're watching the full videos of the episodes on The Convo, our new network catered towards black business and black wealth. You can find us at www.theconvo.tv online. You can also get a free registration and get access to the app on your Apple and Android devices, on Roku, or even on the Amazon Fire Stick. We're everywhere that we need to be in order to give you easy access to the information that we have. It's a new day, but guess what? We need you to make sure you're tuning in and we also need you to help us spread the word. I wanna say again, I appreciate you. I can't wait until we get to this next 40 episodes. And I can't wait to hear your success stories about how the Traffic Sales and Profit Show is changing your life. Peace, we'll see you next week.